Now that he was dead, Paul could look at him. The cop looked like a big doll that has been badly treated by a gang of nasty children. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we talk all things audiobooks. And we start with a quote of the week. This one was mm, pretty interesting choice for my side. It's by Stephen King, and it's from the novel Misery, which happens to be the book of the month. But so many quotable moments in this book, and some of them just because they paint that picture. The power of simple similes. It takes me back to, you know, grade one, grade two, grade three grammar, similes and metaphors. But the power that Stephen King captures by just a simple painted picture, this gruesome portrait of this dead body. And the way that we know exactly what he's talking about just from that one sentence, it stands for itself. No other context, no other content needed. It's a story, and he tells it very well. I hope I told it very well, too. I'm Ramia Amudin, the host of the show, and joining me on the intro segment is Nisreen Abdel-Majid. But before we get to you, Niz, I want to tell people what's to be found on the SELA homepage. This is the Center for Equitable Library Access, and you can find it by visiting celalibrary.ca. The three featured titles up there today are... Into the Broken Lands by Tanya Huff, and this is a fantasy title. The second one up there is Spare by the Duke of Sussex, uh, Prince Harry, memoir. I don't know why I hesitated with Prince Harry's name. We all seem to know him. And Poster Girl is the final one up there by Veronica Roth, and this is a science fiction. You can go to asilalibrary.ca for lots of other titles. Their catalog is never-ending of audiobooks in human-narrated audio as well as synth audio. Now, as promised, let's talk about what's trending. Nisreen, over to you. So we're going to talk about the phone carrier T-Mobile, and they are offering gifts and other freebies to its customers as a mark of gratitude for choosing its services over others. The campaign is called It's Good That You Are. And this week, there is Mm. something that the bookworms will really appreciate. So now they are offering free access to audiobooks from BookBeat for a period of 60 days. That would mean thousands of audiobooks for you to listen to completely for free. The coupon, though, was only there for the taking till January 25th. But, Ramya, I wanted to still ask you, would this amazing offer convince you enough to try out another carrier? Good question. Okay, because I'm so set in my ways, my heels are already dug in on the apps and the things that I use. Like, audiobook listening is so second nature, right? I I know what to do when I pop in my AirPods and where to go. I don't think that this is catered to me. But other people, maybe even people as yourself, Nisreen, who are newer to audiobook listening or still kind of wondering what the best, uh, you know, game plan is for audiobook listening regularly, I think that this is a great way to get into it. Nice uh, marketing. <laughs> yeah, that I know some some of them are such, uh, they're really good offers. Uh, this just reminded me of a visit that I had today from like somebody doing door to door from Rogers oh. and they were trying to convince us to go with them, obviously, and they were giving us better deals and things like that. So I was just thinking about that but for me, I don't think 
it would convince me enough to go with another carrier because it's, you know, kind of back and forth. There's always going to be marketing deals. There's always going to be some promotions of some sort for Mm -hmm. each carrier. And second thing is I'm just completely lazy to go through that process. So I, I think that sums it up pretty well. Okay. No, but that's a fair point though, because I agree with you. That's exactly what I said, right? In a roundabout way. Like I'm not going to switch everything I know already and use already to this brand spanking shiny new offer, but that's just coming from like the perspective of someone who's already so dug deep into their Mm -hmm. habits. But if you're new and, you know, you found out about this and this is what's making you want to listen to audiobooks, then that's perfect. Jump on it. Jump on it because we need more audiobook listeners. Now, where did you say the coupons are for? Like, did they give you specific coupons for So the coupon was there for the taking till January 25th. Mm. Uh, starting from then to for 60 days. So I think the coupon is over, but... And it's is it for Audible or for audiobooks.com or just they'll let you know when you sign up? So it's from BookBeat. BookBeat, got and it. If, yeah, so they're now offering free access to audiobooks from BookBeat for okay. a period of 60 days. So if you already got this offer, this uh, coupon, knock yourselves out for 60 days. Yes. yes completely free audiobooks and check out bookbeat because that sounds kind of like a fresh name in the audiobook world awesomeness thanks that is what's trending on today's episode of ami audiobook review we revisit with amir khan and he says inspiration is everything he's highlighting three authors their popular works and their background experiences and expertise that seep into the writing of these works this is ami audiobook review AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And once a month, near the end of the month, we check in with Amir Khan. He's an audiobook worm and he returns at the time of the hour to tell us all about his reads for the month. We get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all bound to come out. And as we kick off the year, yes, it's still January, so we will throw that around for the rest of the month. Here's an introductory poem by American. In 2023, we're going to pick three. Rather than be stuck in reverie, we're choosing quality over quantity. We'll try to stay within the line of three authors at a time. But if we don't, we'll still be just fine. Woohoo! That's our first poem of the year. Amir, welcome back. Great to be here. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year and happy to read a poem by you as well, always. Let's talk about this. Um, I want to say you pick three, but you have literally picked three. So we're talking authors this time around. Who's the first one? First author we have up is uh, Uzma Zahanat Khan. Um, she, if you recall, that was part of a pause and play back in December, I believe, mm-hmm. as well as uh, on the Stila homepage for quite some time. Uh, and this was listed as a uh, police procedure um, looked like it had some some race um, themes to it, but it's so much more. So I did a bit of more of a deep dive into um, the author and to see uh, what the author's sort of qualifications and background is. And I was I was really surprised and not surprised at the same time, uh, especially after reading the book. So I did read Black Waterfalls. It's a fantastic read. Um, it, it touches on so many serious themes in, in a fictional novel. It's one of these standout novels, which I would recommend to people if they're really interested in 
you know, picking up a book that's a little bit different um, that have to do with identity and religion and race and civil rights and all these types of things um, from the synopsis, you know, the, the main character is a female Muslim detective um, who has moved from Chicago to Colorado. Uh, and she's part of what they call community policing now, which, which has to do with race relations uh, in the city. And her job is basically to solve the murders of, of uh, minority girls that uh, are turning up uh, dead. So, uh, there's a lot in terms of uh, unpacking in terms of her own character, as well as the character of the victim, as well as the sort of landscape of the community and, and, and all of those things where they intersect. Um, and it's very modern. It's very sort of right now type of book in terms of themes of defunding the police and, and how people are reacting to different situations and um, all those types of, of sort of heavy duty themes without dragging the the user down into depression or uh, without any sort of hope how how does that happen because it's true when you're talking about the things that are being discussed the overarching themes it sounds very very serious but um how does she manage not to make us feel sad about it I think through the characters, right? I mean, if you have all these characters that are just always depressing, then then you know it's going to take the reader down too. But I think there are characters who who have uh, positive things going on for them, um, and who generally want to make an impact, including the main character, in terms of trying to make things better and, and actually having some traction to do that. Mm. So it it looks like it's the first book in a series. I'm really um, looking forward to seeing the second book come out. Um, as I was sort of alluding to earlier, I, I did take a look at the author herself. And uh, no surprise, uh, she's very well educated. Um, the surprise for me was that she's actually Canadian. Um, oh. And that uh, her, she has a law degree. Uh, she actually practiced law when she lived in Toronto, I believe, okay. uh, immigration law. Uh, but she also has a PhD in themes like uh, military and war crimes. Um, and those sort of intersections, uh, which, which do appear in her books in terms of those pieces. So um, she was also the editor-in-chief um, of Muslim Girl magazine when it was uh, being distributed. It's no longer um, being distributed. But um, so, you know, in terms of, of education and background, she's got a lot um, in terms of experience. She also taught law uh, at various universities in Canada before moving away. And um, so it's no surprise her books are, are sort of content rich in, in those particular areas. Now, you and I have had countless um, debrief and review sessions after reading books together. And it's in the kindest way possible. You can really shred a book apart. So I'm curious <laughs> about, you know, knowing the what this author has in her pockets in terms of background and knowledge base. And then the kind of things that she's discussing in the book. Do you find that there's a lot of her in the book, her expertise? I think so, and, and not in a bad way. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, again, I, I think the books are very well-tempered in terms of being a, a good storytelling without trying to sort of force-feed somebody a theme. Uh, I think the books are about these particular topics, but there's no sense of, you know, like, we're just going to talk about this one thing and we're just going to beat it to death the whole book. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's, you don't get that sense at all. There's, a, like I said, a lot of different dimensions to all the different characters. Uh, her boss is is also uh, somebody who's interesting because he was sort of raised uh, Muslim, but uh, he, you know, uh, lost uh, his, his way sort of uh, from a... 
you know, uh, his faith uh, along the way. So he's also an interesting character in terms of he's a very sort of typical hard-nosed detective, but he he's also responsible for his twin brothers. Uh, so he's sort of a father figure as well. So uh, he sort of has to struggle with with faith in, in, in those terms as well. So a lot of different layers and dimensions and um, a very sort of different book than her first book, uh, which I'll talk about next, which is named uh, The Unquiet Dead. Um, the Unquiet Dead is another great novel uh, if you want to get into these types of heavier themes. Uh, again, I'll, I'll put up the sort of standard warnings I have. If you know you can't deal with things like war crimes and then these types of um, situations, then you probably want to stay away from this book. Uh, it is fairly graphic, but mm. um, the interesting parts of this book is that, uh, number one, it's set in Scarborough. Uh, so <laughs> um, uh, that's where I grew up. So I, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, Represent. The, the basic premise of the book is that um, somebody has fallen off the Scarborough Bluffs, um, but nobody really knows if somebody was pushed or uh, the person jumped or the person slipped or what happened. So wow. uh, it's, it's, again, another detective story. Um, but what slowly comes to light is that this person may or may not have been a Bosnian war criminal. Um, and, and sort of the whole book is about that mystery, but it, it's also about uh, that conflict. It's also about the people who have been through it. Um, no surprise, uh, the author has actually studied that particular conflict. Um, and there's a lot in there to unpack, uh, again, in terms of identity, in terms of what is more morally acceptable and what mm. is not. Um, you know, how do you deal with more political pieces as well in terms of, you know, uh, again, it's set in Canada. So if this if this person was allowed to be in Canada, whose responsibility was it to, you know, dive, you know, do that deep dive and find out who he was or who who we think he is, uh, and why they're, you know, uh, what to do about those types of situations. So, um, again, very different books from your your average detective story or, or average sort of um, uh, novel. Um, again, very heavy themes, but uh, I really enjoy these novels and look forward to uh, to reading more. Um, the last interesting point I'll, I'll put for, for her books is that she also has a fantasy series. <laughs> so, oh. uh, that was very surprising to me. Um, a lot of authors do go into different genres, but, um, I find myself hesitating quite a bit to, to try the fantasy novels after reading such great, um, sort of serious fiction novels. Mm, so mm -hmm. if I do give the fantasy novels a try, I'll probably wait it, a bit longer before getting into them. Did you check out the synopsis? I did. Okay. I, yeah. Still, I, still no. hesitant. Okay. <laughs> no, no, and more from the content. I'm like, oh, this stuff sounds great, and then like knowing who the author is and trying to get yeah. my head into that. No, I'm like, no, I can't do it. it. I often wonder and inquire about why people do pen names, uh, authors with pen names in different series that way. But in this case, I I almost immediately went, why not a pen name? But okay. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and especially since they're so serious, right? I mean, you know, somebody like Matthew. Sorry. Uh, Jonathan Mayberry, you know, went from sort of martial arts writing to monster books, mm. uh, which isn't such a big leap if you think about it. So, um, but, you know, his publishers were like, oh, do a pen name because, you know, it may not work or whatever. Yep. But um, when it comes to completely different genres, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be hesitant. Um, remind us again, where did Black Waterfalls take place compared to the second one? Colorado. Colorado. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. Colorado. So it does take place in, a, in the States. Uh, un, the Unquiet Dead takes place in, in Scarborough. So mm -hmm. it's much more of a Canadian theme. Yeah. 
Okay. So moving on to the second author, um, who's this one? Author number two is Nita Prose. Uh, I did not look into uh, her background at all, but I thoroughly enjoyed her book. Uh, it's called The Maid. Um, it's important to remember the author because there's about a dozen books that are called The Maid, right. uh, including a Netflix series right now with The Maid. So this is completely different. Totally different. Totally different. Uh, but I really enjoyed this book. Um, it's written from a first person perspective of somebody with diminished capacity. Uh, I read a few books uh, the year before last with regards to people who are on the spectrum um, who, who have autism. Um, but, but in this particular book, they don't actually say she, she what her actual condition is. It's just told from her perspective. And, and the book is primarily about a, a maid that has gotten a job at a, at a fancy hotel um, through her grandmother's connections, uh, who you know, the grandmother is raising her because her parents are no longer alive. And her grandmother passes away and she is basically, you know, going about her, her business in terms of, you know, uh, living her day to day life. Um, but she ends up finding a dead person in one of the uh, one of the hotel rooms she's cleaning. And the mystery starts to unfold in terms of from there, in terms of who might have done it and how they uh, might have done it um, and sort of the trouble she sort of gets in um, with regards to that. Um, like I said, very heartwarming, very touching story. Um, I, I think I've alluded to this before with some of the authors, you know, uh, in terms of endings, you know, sometimes I really wish authors would just quit while they're ahead <laughs> in, in a lot of cases. And I had a tinge of that with this particular book where I think for me personally, the entire epilogue at the end was completely unnecessary. Mm. Um, even to a point. Uh, even a little bit before the epilogue, I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And uh, I think authors try to do things that are a little bit different than other people. And sometimes they step out of the own framework of their particular book. Um, so in my opinion, this book is definitely uh, a book about diminished capacity and that sort of heartwarming, touching story. And towards the end, you, you start to see the author sort of stepping out of that um, and at least for, for, for myself, I didn't get anything out of that. I mean, it, it may have separated the book out from others, but sure. yeah. Um, to challenge it a little bit, though, curious as to if you can tell what that would have lent another reader, even if for you personally, it wasn't necessarily. Yeah, doable. I mean, I think most readers would, would be able to catch that. I mean, the book sort of goes a certain way, the entire book in terms of theme, in terms of the way it's written. And then at the end, it sort of takes that left turn. Um, and it's not enough to, to criticize and, and say that it's a bad ending. Uh, and it's certainly not enough where you say, well, that's completely out of left field. But I think most people would agree that that's a departure from what the sort of essence of the novel was up to that point. Hmm. Okay. Now, the book itself, have you read anything? Sometimes when I read a book, I, I think, oh, this kind of totally reminds me of this other book. Uh, did you have feelings of that? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, like I said uh, a couple of years ago, I, I did read some some other books uh, about diminished capacity. Um, the names are escaping me, but uh, you know, uh, definitely have read things that were similar, and, and those have come up in the in the more more recent years. Um, I believe one was more on the romance side. Actually, both were more on the romance side. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because at times I wonder, you know this the old question of is this book gonna make it 
And I think that yeah. uh, things trend, right? Like YA as a genre seems to be trending a lot more than usual the last couple of years and things like that. So um, I wonder, you know, if, if, if it's catered to to popularization or just because it's a very deep and interesting and important topic, um, you know, is it relatable? For, for this particular book, I think it's because it's A, relatable and B, because it's just written so well. Mm. Um, it, it sort of reminds me one of the books uh, that that comes to mind from from this particular genre was the um, the girl I used to know. I forget the author's name, but it's something I, I reviewed earlier, um, which again has to do with sort of diminished capacity and somebody who's on the spectrum trying to make it through through life. Right. Um, and and that book actually coincidentally had an entire ending that was that was tacked on, and <laughs> again, from my opinion, um, almost unnecessary, but. Um, you could tell from uh, when you read the ending that the author had that ending in mind from the beginning. So, um, yeah, and I believe Helen Hong is is another um, is the other author I'm thinking about um, in terms of uh, writing about uh, people on the spectrum. Right, right, yeah, and sometimes it's just you know a story is so unique or so unheard of, at least for the reader's exposure. Um, that that alone is something that could carry you on, right? Let's get to the final author, pick number three. Um, I think it's one of your favorite authors. Is that fair to say? <laughs> right now, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and and just to go, just the last bit on 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 the the um, on the maid uh, by Nita Prose mm-hmm. is, is that I think I really like the book because it really reminds everyone of their responsibility to people who uh who have diminished capacity um i think for me that's what i get out of these novels the most in terms of what as a society we have a responsibility um to look out for for each other and prevent things like you know people taking advantage of other people in that in that most uh, egregious of ways so Mm -hmm. um but but getting getting on to the Harry Bosch series, uh, the Harry Bosch series is written by Michael Connolly, um, and I reviewed one of his books quite some time ago called The Poet, which was a bit more of a really dark, uh, almost gruesome uh, detective uh, book, um, and that is part of another series, uh, the Jack McAvoy series, I believe it is. Um, but I, I picked up the Harry Bosch series and absolutely loved it. Uh, it's a very sort of typical detective story, but um, Michael Connolly, in terms of his background, he was a Los Angeles Times reporter for many, many years. Uh, very unsurprisingly, his particular area was crime stories. So he was on the crime beat for, for many years, and it definitely shows. I don't know how many Harry Bosch books there are, but I believe there are more than 20. Uh, he also has a uh, Amazon Prime series uh, for Harry Bosch. Um, more recently and more popular, uh, I believe, is the Lincoln Lawyer series, which are, I believe are both uh, on the small screen as well as books. But um, he's definitely a big name, definitely lots of books that, that he's written over over the years. Um, the Harry Bosch series sort of starts in late uh, 80s, I believe. So it's kind of interesting to to read the books and see the, the progression of technology from, you know, everybody having to make phone calls from their home <laughs> or from the office <laughs> to, you know, they have flip phones and then now they have computers and, you know, like Oof. these. So it's it, it, it sort of uh, a walk down memory lane to, to a lot of degree. But um, and of course, uh, these most of these stories are set in the Los Angeles area. Um, I'm on book 12, I think, of the series already. How many and, are there? Uh, over 20, I believe. Okay. 
Um, and yeah, I think my favorite line so far is from the book I'm reading, uh, I've just finished recently. Uh, and it, it says some, something to the effect of, you know, uh, it, it was once said that LA is a sunny city for shady people. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I love it. the books definitely uh, reflect that. There's lots of sunny people. There's a lot of shady people. Um, there's a lot of murder. Uh, and in the middle, you have Harry Bosch, who's trying to keep everything sort of fair. Um, but uh, it's it's not easy in a town like that. So. Mm. Uh, a lot of emotion? A lot of emotion. And, and that's what makes the, uh, the books different. Um, there's a lot of emotions that Harry carries around and has to deal with uh, in terms of fairness. Um, you know, themes of police corruption, um, and, and those types of things really make themselves known in the books as well. Uh, the author, because he's a reporter, has a lot of background in terms of events that have shaped the LAPD and uh, America in general. So there's lots of references, and he talks about the emotional and societal impact of things like the Rodney King incident, um, the Watts riots, um, and, and all those sort of race relations, uh, in addition to other, other pieces which have, which have affected sort of the psyche of Los Angeles over time. That is very fascinating. You know, I think that you've picked a, a quite a variety of authors here. There might be some, you know, common theme amongst the three of them, but great book choices and great backgrounds as well for those you've uh, provided background for. Thank you so much, Amr. We will catch you next month. You're very welcome. Take care. So the three authors we featured uh, today, as we're going to start hopefully picking three a month, is Asma Zahanet Khan, Nina Prose. Nita Prose and Michael Connolly. Next week, we're back with our friends from the Center for Equitable Library Access talking reading goals, how to set them up, keep track of them, and of course, how to keep an open mind while we go through the year of reading. That ends today's episode of AMI Audiobook Review. And until next time, happy audiobook listening. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.